welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined by Barnabas Piper. And uh, Barnabas, we've got a third guy in the booth again today. And I, I just want to make the introductions. I'm not sure if people remember each other. Uh, his <laughs> name's Ronnie Martin. Sometimes he goes by Ronald or Ron. Hi, uh, but Ronnie. It's, I it's, never go by Ron, Big T. I've it's never been, gone it's, by Ron. It's been a while since he's been on the program, so I just want to make sure you know there's no awkwardness here because... Uh, speaking of awkwardness, today is uh, our first ever Mr. Manners episode, boys. Um, I'm very excited. We've had uh, a ton of listener um, enthusiasm for this one. They've sent in all their, their etiquette-related questions, and for some reason, uh, they trust the three of us goons uh, to suss out uh, all things etiquette-related today. So I'm uh, I'm stoked about that. You know what, Ted? You just used a phrase that, that this is this – is- tangential and completely unrelated but we did get a listener question they said you used to say flesh out and now you say suss out why Mm. why the change wow wow and you just used the phrase suss out and it and it i know we have some very very astute listeners to notice such things so uh they listen carefully they listen and they take notes in their moleskin journals as they listen yes so can you can you suss this out for us why the change yeah flesh that out for me big t yeah, I, I think at some point I just got tired of saying flesh out, you know, and I heard I probably heard somebody say suss out and I and I just started using it. So your, your good friend, our good friend, uh, Zach Bartles claimed that it was poached from uh, the Gut Check podcast. Oh, maybe it was, man. Maybe it was. So yeah. he's uh, I, I don't know. He didn't he didn't use the term plagiarism, but it was close. Uh, he was implying uh, that. Yeah, it was a, it was an implied accusation, a threatened lawsuit. Wow, man! And this, this, I assume, was all on Twitter. Am I right? Uh, that that might have been on Facebook, but okay. you know, that's Good. that's where people are are more people are people are more aggressive on Facebook. Yeah, they're a little bit more likely to uh, to threaten lawsuits and claim plagiarism on Facebook, which is a thing that we could talk about on our. And maybe that'll come up in our uh, in our Mister Manners, uh, you know, dealings here today on the program, boys. But uh, but in. In light of dealings and in light of business dealings, because first and foremost, guys, we are businessmen. This podcast is a business. Big business. Uh, it's, it's, it's big business, Pipe. It's entertainment. And you know what? It's not show friends. It's show business. And it's how we okay? make our living. Tell the, tell, tell the audience once and for all, Ted, this is what we do for a living. You guys, Would you just is, tell them? This is, this is what we do. This is all we want to do. We eat and sleep this show. And in light of that, Pipe, I want you to tell them about our sponsor uh, for the next couple of weeks, okay? Yes, we do have a sponsor, and that is Moody Publishers, again, uh, coming through in the clutch for us. So they've, they've previously sponsored with a number of books, and for today's Pipe, episode, to me. what's that? Do you, do you know how many millions of dollars Gary Chapman and I have made for Moody Publishers? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, mostly Gary Chapman. I don't want to break down like the percentages, but... It's reminiscent of that. Uh, it's reminiscent of that Bill Winnington quote when uh, he said he and Michael <laughs> Jordan combined for fifty-seven points, and That's Mike, right. Michael he had like scored three. fifty-five. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, you and Gary Chapman have combined to make Moody Publishers many, many tens of dozens of millions. Of I'm dollars. like Moody's Bill Winnington. Think about that. <laughs> That's you know, Bill Winnington's a it. really good guy. I just go to the fridge right now while you guys are talking about these things. Don't worry I'd about me. Get back me, to the promo, man. Don't I, worry I, about I, I, me. I'm just here. I know I've been gone so long, fellas, but don't worry about me. I'm right here. You know what? You uh, 
How are you going to get on us talking about sports? You're the one who's always like, I can get in on sports conversations. You you get offended when we like shut you out of sports conversations. Well, you know what, guys? Ronald this was a really Ryan. great. I, they, we're in line here, so I'm, let me just throw this out there. So I'm I'm, a, I'm doing a men's conference last Saturday in Pittsburgh, and I literally get to throw out to all of these really rugged lumberjack Steel City dudes, Kent Tacovi, the fiercest sidearm in baseball history. That should Maybe impress everybody right now. Right and you know what I remember about Kent Tacovi? I had a baseball card, and he had this like real floppy, like '70s or early '80s hair, and he had these like uh, yeah these these aviator kind of glasses, but they yes. were they were they were a little frosted, or I don't I don't even know what the Dude, term Kent is. Kent was the money. Dude, Kent, Kent was a fashion was icon money. and a sidearm. Yeah. He was a fashion icon in that pirate's hat with the uh, the horizontal stripes on it. Those yeah, the, the square hats, the dude. square pirate's yeah. hat, which I found out they're bringing back this season. They're going old school seventies with their uniforms this season. God which bless I think them, man. That's a great. Is awesome. Are they going with the sleeveless jerseys too? So like the black underneath the gray sort of vest style jersey? Because that was a, dude. That you was know a- what? I didn't get that, but that would be awesome. And you know, it'd be even more awesome if the White Sox went back to that untucked jersey look they had from that era. The as White well. Sox also. You guys should be. Literally, they had shorts out with impressiveness right now. I, that, Mike, did yeah. they do a whole season in shorts? I, I don't know if it was a whole season, but they definitely had shorts in their uh, in their line. Yeah, they looked like a beer league softball team, and it was in the seventies. See what I mean? I feel like that was a Bill Veck or Bill Veek uh, special. It was it was? Yeah. Guys, if you ever need to know anything about baseball, obviously you know where to go to now. Hey, Gar, do you remember one of the first things we ever bonded over, man? Yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> I have a feeling it was a baseball chick flick. No, it no, was it, it was uh it was the penguin, Ron Say. Ron Say from, from the LA Dodgers. <laughs> from the LA yeah. Dodgers for you in childhood and then from the Cubs for me. Right? Yeah. Crazy, man. Crazy. Uh, Gosh, I'm oh, such a sports guy I don't even know it. I know yeah, it. You, you, you're, 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 don't undersell yourself. That was exactly you, you did just you did just pull a uh, a deep cut name out. That was that was impressive. Man, Barnabas, I hope you have a sports book to promo for Moody right now. I'm telling you. I hope you do too. I hope it's Ron Say's biography. <laughs> it's called it's called Sidearm. Um <laughs> Sidearm. <laughs> a different the way story of, of Kent Tacovi. Like right. <laughs> well, actually, sadly, not a baseball book. Still an excellent book. It's by a pastor named Chris Nye. He's the pastor of Willamette Christian Church near Portland, pretty good sized church out there. He's at a younger pastor, so is he a hipster pipe? Um, you know, I I didn't do a whole lot of online research into his into his lifestyle based on his. While you're you're looking, okay, yeah, I'm gonna look him up. Yes, you look this up. His his authorial headshot makes him look more like a. uh, I don't know. He looks like he's wearing like a Ralph Lauren button down, so not uh, not real hipster. I don't know. uh, there's a little vestige of hipsterdom, though, in his, uh, like his Twitter photo. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? If, if you're in Portland, can you can you avoid a vestige of hipsterdom? You have to be. You ha- you have to claim. Okay, I'm I'm on his Twitter thing, and I'm looking at. Uh, there's a guitar in the corner, and in the in the books, and the hipster desk. He's at, we got a hipster. All right, you so have got- to claim a vesture of hipsterdom. I like that line. We need to remember that line. A vesture of hipster. Portland should just be renamed like the Hipster Dome. I mean, it's just, it's sort of this, it's got like an aura around it. So the book is called Distant God, Why He Feels Far Away and What We Can Do About It. And it's sort of 
those those are sort of two halves of the book. The idea that everybody experiences um, feelings that God is far away from us, and and so he delves into why that is, and he asks a couple really good questions. One of which is who is the distant one, which I think is really uh, in in this day and age where people feel like we go so much on our feelings. If God feels far away, he must be far away, and so he sort of flips the question around to ask, are you far away from God or is he far away from you and, and do you have a right to kind of feel the way you do? And then, and then the other part of the book is looking at what we can do when we have these feelings. So what are actual steps we can take? So what's the role of uh, our devotional life, confession of sin, repentance? So real deep uh, Christian life kinds of things. So it's, it's not sort of a Band-Aid. It's not a feely book. Um, it's it touches on spiritual disciplines. It touches on the role of emotion and prayer life and repentance and a lot of those things. And again, the name is Distant God. It's out now um, for Moody Publishers. We really appreciate their sponsorship. Go check this one out. He aims it specifically at younger Christians, so like the sub-35 crowd. But given the way that the book is written, I don't think that that uh, – I don't think it's age-specific. I think that's just his congregation, and so that's sort of who he, who he writes for uh, kind of naturally. So Distant God by Chris Nye, the hipster pastor from Portland. Go get it. Sounds great. It does sound great. Do you know anything about this kid? Like big church? I don't know much Talk- about him. I don't I don't know much about him, Ronnie. You run across him? No, I've never I don't think I've ever heard of him. I, the concept is great though. I, I think that's a guy I'd actually like to grab that. So uh, maybe Moody can can send us a box. Yeah, I will uh, yeah. I'll see if we can get some. Um the I really, I really liked the way that he that he dug into our responsibility when we feel far yes. from God, because so often I think we, uh, just Christians in general, feel like it's God's fault when he feels far away, instead of recognizing right. all of the ways that we can we can draw closer to God. So yeah. I, I like, I like the framework. I like the way he set it up. I think it'll be a helpful book. Yeah, good point. Well, boys, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of helpfulness to uh, to spread around today. Uh, hopefully, via this Mister Manners app, and uh, I'm going to dive right in. These are all listener submitted, so they're all uh, they're all they're all very good uh, because we have we have good smart listeners. Um, I want to talk about one that I'm sure we've all dealt with, boys, and probably you uh, to a greater degree, Big R and pastoral ministry. But so let's say you're you're conversating with someone, all right, maybe in a one on one context. Uh, definitely in real life, not over technology. What do you do with your eyes, right? So, so here, here's the dilemma. Um, if you and me are sitting in a coffee shop and you're you're talking, if I look right into your eyes, that seems weird. But if I, I gaze like off into the distance, then it, it seems like I'm not paying attention. Are, are, do you guys know what I'm saying? And if you yeah. look anywhere else on the person, you run the risk of being really creepy. Yeah. So what do you do, man? What do you do with your eyes? Um, I would be, okay, so I'm going to be on the side of primarily looking in the eyes and having sort of a natural organic sort of step away from that during certain points of the conversation. But I feel like what's weird to me is when a guy never looks you in the eye. Okay. Okay, That's just weird. And then it's really weird to me when a guy looks you in the eye and as soon as you catch his eye, he immediately looks away. So that indicates to me that there's, there's something else going on there, right? There's a little nervousness. There's a guy, he's uncomfortable with looking at you. Maybe you're talking about a subject that's sensitive and it's causing a little bit of like shame or or, or what have you. Dude, now you're going all like, 
the blacklist here, man, sussing out like all the <laughs> all the nonverbals and what everything needs. And, and if he, hey, and if I'm he, trying to flesh some things out. I'm not sussing out anything. I'm fleshing out. Right and if now, if he right? glances That's, left, he's more likely to be dishonest. If his jaw twitches, he's clearly uh, experiencing strong emotion. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. I just think I just think keeping it in the eyes. I feel like it, you're giving them your full attention, your respect, and it, and it indicates that you actually care about what they're saying. Now, if you do that thing where you just fixate and you never step away, I mean, that, that's just, that, that's strange, you know? So I think, I think there has to be a naturalness in, in sort of the way that you, that, it, that you go about it. I don't know. What, what do you think? I, where do you land on this one, man? I think, well, I'm interested to hear what Ronnie had to say because he said there's sort of a natural step away what is the step away? Okay, so the step away is that you know you're. What I would say is there's like cues, right? So you're looking you're looking at somebody. They're they're talking to you about something that you that you really need to focus on because it's it's required that you listen to them. And I think you look at certain times when they say something kind of funny or there's a little bit of a of a break from the topic, and you can kind of put your head back and nod your head and you know, kind of look away or laugh or chuckle or, or when the conversation takes a turn into another space to another topic. I think those are all good cues that, okay, we can, we don't have to keep locking eyes. And then it kind of gives you sort of like your, your next step in the conversation. Man, I really got this thing worked out on huh, boys. Yeah. yeah wow. I you think, do. Man. Yeah, Baby, I would like to see you do this. I'd like to see this in action. Well, guys, you know what? It's funny you say that because I'm going to have a, I'm going to do a pre- I'm going to do a pre-conference for our, our live in Louisville thing, and yeah. it's going to be all about what you're talking about, how to look yeah. at people while you talk to them. It's going to be is, great. Is it, is it going to be in the same hipster coffee shop? And could Pipe Absolutely. and I like, could we sit a table or two away just silently kind of observing and taking notes as you do this? Well, of course, because I've literally never had a conversation anywhere but a hipster coffee shop, so I wouldn't even know what exactly. to do Exactly. You're incapable of, of – you become mute. <laughs> You become mute when you're away from it. You're in a hipster coffee shop right now just so that you can talk. I can't talk. Like literally my wife and I only talk in hipster. Like I can't talk unless I'm in a hipster coffee Dude, shop. you can't talk unless you've just spent $6 on a coffee and a, and a scone. And if, and if I only spend $6 on a coffee and a scone, the conversation, let's be honest, is not going to be great. It's going to be I, a I short I intend one. to pay a lot more than that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, what about you, baby? Uh, I – I think I think the two, the extremes are very strange. No eye contact is very strange. Uh, when when I uh, when I first started dating my wife, she told me I was terrible at eye contact, and because I I tended to just sort of look away when people talked, and she said you give the impression that everyone is boring to you. Now, a lot of people are boring to me, so that <laughs> that, may, that, may, that may have been true, but. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was uh, she was right, and uh, I, I so I had to work on that. But I realized if yeah, if all you do is stare at people, then things get really weird. So I I think the answer is you make you make eye contact most of the time, especially when the other person is talking. When you're yeah. talking, you can glance away a little bit, you know, kind of furrow your brow, whatever. You, so you give the impression that you're you're still locked in. Or give the impression yeah. that makes it sound dishonest. You give visible <laughs> signals that you're still locked in. Um, but but if you if you just stare at their eyes, it's like this is a really creepy. It's it's like a creepy date kind of thing, which is yeah. odd in a normal conversation. So I think if you're going to look away, though, you still have to give those cues, like nodding your head or giving some sense that you're not just sort of looking over their shoulder for when do you get free from this conversation or who else walked into the room. Right, mm. right, mm. guys. Here's what's key to me about about the hipster coffee shop or about any coffee shop. 
to me, once you buy the cup of coffee, you have like something to fidget with. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I need that. I, I need I need to be able to look at my coffee or like stir it or uh, or or otherwise fidget with it because, you know, sometimes you have coffee with these guys who like they're so cheap they don't buy the coffee. You know what I mean? They just use the coffee shop as like a meeting venue. And and they go in and like you've got the coffee and they're not fidgeting with anything. So they're locking in on you like eye contact wise. And uh, yeah, but big got, I never let that happen. Like that's I never let that happen either, baby. I always buy the coffee because there's got to be equality. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I would just go and buy them a cup of coffee and say, I don't care whether you drink it or not, but you're going to hold that cup. Or dude, you're going to hold it. Yeah, my cup. Just walk up there and go, can I get can I just get an empty cup? So this guy can has get something to hold cup for this guy to fidget with. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that he doesn't stare at me awkwardly. For There's this. like big key. It's the same like when you go out to lunch with somebody and they try to say I'm not hungry. I literally will just order them like a, yeah. a, a bowl of like, soup. What do you it's mean like you're not no, hungry. No, 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 no. We're gonna eat here. Yeah. We're gonna eat here. Yeah, we're gonna eat here because we went to a lunch place at noon. <laughs> who's, who's not hungry at noon? And uh, also carry a pen with you because pens are uh, pens are also great. Sort of they they bail you out from on the fidget factor. They're fantastic. Yeah. You can sort of flip them around. They give you something to look at. Uh, you know, it's yeah. That's that's genius. Just having that uh, that object to 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 solve the awkwardness. Did you know yeah, what? I think this, that's this good. Is- and obviously, we're going to be, you know, I'm going to be writing stuff on napkins the whole time because the ideas just, you know, keep flowing and they never stop. So that's just going to be a natural next step. Show ideas, you know, show notes, stuff. Absolutely. Share with Absolutely. Pipe and I at the production meetings. This is actually, this is why I love smoking. Uh, it's why I love like smoking a cigar, a pipe, because, um, you know, it's kind of a conversational prop, but it's also like, you know, the thing that you can, you, you can relight it, you can, you know, um, yeah, it, it just deflects uh, the the constant eye contact thing and something in a, to do. Something, to, something do. to do. Here's it, it, it's also why the best conversation. Yeah, the best conversations happen when you are doing something else. You're you're watching yeah. a game. You're you're listening to music. You're you're driving in a car, so that both of you are paying attention elsewhere to in some way, shape, or form. But you can talk without having to sort of lock in in that strange, awkward way. Dude, I think this is why the whole like men's discipleship in the coffee shop thing just fails so miserably most of the time. You know what I mean? It's just it's too it's too loaded with pressure. Yes. It's like yes. we're here and we're talking. It feels like a job a, interview. Yeah, it does. And there's a table in between us that's like six inches in diameter and we're basically on top of each other and it's just weird, man. You know? Wow. Wow. Well, Mr. I'm Manners, sorry, Mr. Mr. Manners has spoken. Like, yeah, I just invalidated like 35 hours of your work week, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Let's uh, let's move on to another topic. This is uh, this is one that has to do with conversational dynamics too. So we'll stay in that uh, we'll stay in that space for a little while. Um, what about this, man? And I, I know you guys deal with this, and I do too. What about texting slash social media posting while with other people? Dude, yes, that is a that's a tricky one, man. That's something. Okay, so that's something that I think is a total like total taboo. I feel like that yeah. is a total no-no. Talk so what I've that. had to do is I've had to literally like I just I I try before I do a meeting, man, to just literally depending on the person too because some people it doesn't really matter because they're going to kind of do that and you have that sort of relationship you have that thing going on between you where you can do that and it's acceptable but if it's somebody that typically doesn't have their phone out and you're there for depending on the context i mean i just kind of tuck my phone away because i I just i don't want them to think that they don't have my attention because when people do it to me um 
not that I typically mind, but if I'm really trying to share something with them and I feel like yeah. they're just on their phone, it's like, dude, what, what, I mean, like, why are we doing this? You know? Yeah. Pipe, what about you? Right? Uh, yeah, I think it's context specific. I think if there's a group of people, it's a little bit safer because, you know, there's four, four or five people talking. So if you're on your phone and the others are not or whatever, you, it's just something quick. You know, you fire off a text, you put your phone back in your pocket. Um, if you're on your phone constantly in any if in any context, you just look like a 12 year old. So that's uh, that's that's pretty dumb. Um but then, yeah, there's also a difference between like, is it a quick conversation at work about something or is it like uh, back to the coffee shop that's so awkward to begin with uh, where Ronnie conducts all of his conversations? Um, <laughs> is it in, really that bad? It's a coffee shop for crying out loud, you guys. I mean, coffee, shop, coffee shops are great when I'm, <laughs> when I'm you know, with my wife or by myself. Uh, other, wow. Other than that, okay. they're, they're a little bit awkward. Um, Carry on, Piper. Anyway. Um, but in, in like a one-on-one conversation where you're trying to talk through issues of life, then it's – I feel like you have to you have to apologize for it. So if you, if you get a text, you have to say something like, hey, can I get this real quick? So just sort of acknowledging that mm. – like a quick pause. Let me do this real quick, uh, especially if it's, if it's, hey, this is something – this is my boss. This is my wife. This is whatever, not just sort of, hey, I'm going to check Twitter while you're talking real quick. Um, the social media thing, I feel like that's uh, – that's just something you do if you're bored in a conversation. And so that's just an admission that the other person's not that interesting or Except nobody knows whether you're texting or you're on Facebook. Nobody's going to know that. But if you follow the rule of I will apologize for texting, you know, sort of the hey, can I take care of this real quick? And with social media, you don't do that. You just sort of you're not going to be like, "Hey, can I check Twitter real quick while you're pouring your heart out?" Um, <laughs> be, because you're still just rambling. Um, What's crazy though is that like if you think about even just like a few minutes ago, like none of us None of us, like, n- none of us had, none of us were, were e- that easily accessed. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, we could go, we could go 45 minutes or an hour to lunch and have nobody have the ability to contact us. And now, because it's available, we act like it has to happen. I don't really think it does. And I think we just set ourselves up for making it that it does. So, in other words, what I mean by that is people that think they can get a hold of me at any second of the day because they can will continue to do so until I like have a moment or a week or a month. Or I, or I sort of reorient my lifestyle for them to understand that they can't. But yeah, if you don't do that, then yeah, if you, you get a hold of somebody and they don't, they don't text you back in like four seconds, you feel like they're dying or something. Or you feel like they're being rude. When in essence, like, it would be rude for me to answer you back, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do think... Dude, I, so... I'll go ahead. Tom. Go ahead, Pipe. I was going to say, I think that dyna- <clears throat> the dynamic that, that Ronnie just described has sort of turned things upside down where the people who access you digitally are the priority over the people you're with most of the time. So if you're right. – the, the phone vibrating is like the 911. You know, it vibrates in your pocket. You have to check it. Whereas yeah. if you're with somebody, like they get put on hold as opposed to the person who texted you. That text is going to be there when you're done with the conversation. And that's – I think it's I think it's gotten us flipped upside down. Uh, it certainly has me. I, I'm a, uh, I am a slave to the vibrating telephone. So yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the devil's advocate a little bit here and say, for me, it totally depends on how boring the other person is. Amen. If That's absolutely if, true, dude. If they're boring, I'm on my phone. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? Level up. Be more interesting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Barnabas, Ted's been on his phone the last 20 minutes. You want to keep me off my phone? I'm I'm on my phone half of all these podcasts. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
but this I is love- a group. This is a group dynamic, and there's no eye contact to be made, and you can't see me. So uh, this is why we don't do the video portion of Skype on these because when you among do that, other reasons, Jews. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wants to see our faces? Um, yeah. Our fat necks. Well, it, it, to to your point that you just made, Ted, I think it also depends on what kind of a conversation. If it's like a networking That's conversation, true. so somebody, yeah. you know, one of those people who's like, "Hey, I'd love to," they just sort of reach out and they're like, "Hey, I'd love to just sort of grab coffee with you and pick your brain about something." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel a great obligation to those people to be sort of emotionally locked in. So if right. Right. You know, if my phone buzzes, I'll check it, those kinds of things. Right. It's different than a real invested conversation or relationship. Indeed, man. Indeed. Yeah. So in other words, like if any so if any one of you were sitting down with like, say, your publisher to talk about your next book, like you're you're gonna you're gonna literally like just tuck your phone away. You're not even gonna have that present, right? Oh yeah. Uh, it, well if it's if I'm if I'm in if I'm if there's something vested on the line this I, I have a you know it's a it's a pitch I need yeah them, like there's I money need, on the line yeah. <laughs> exactly that's what I mean by vested um, yeah then then yes the phone uh, the phone gets silenced and probably stuffed in a bag somewhere or left in the car or something where it's it's a uh, it is a non-entity for it's that not time. a temptation it's the yeah, same because right, you way, want like, them to know that you're all there. Right, like, and if I get if I ever get up to speak somewhere, I don't take my phone up there with me because <laughs> if if it buzzes in my pocket, it will completely break my train of thought. I'll wonder, like, did did one of my kids get sick? Is that what this is about? And inevitably, it's like an, a, a sports center notification about something, and and it broke my train of thought. And what was well, Piper, that's fascinating more. because I never put my phone on buzz like ever. So you just keep that thing perpetually on buzz. Well, you, like you don't you don't get notifications for anything. Yeah, but it's always si- I always keep my phone silent. So well, it's no, just I'm talking thing. about the vibration. Like, it's mine's silent. It's not making any noise. It just I almost never my my ringer is almost never on. But it it buzzes when a text comes through. I've turned off all notifications for like email. Yeah, I just keep my buzzing off, so it makes no sound, no okay. noise, no buzzing. No sound. Gotcha. Yeah. That well, there's there's a solution. There you go. There you go. And again, I think Mr. Manners has uh, has resolved the issue for our dear listeners. <laughs> Guys, you know what? We're doing a lot of good today. So you can feel good about yourselves. Yeah, you know? we're, we're improving people's lives. We are. We're changing a lot of things right now. Touching lives, man. Touching I think the, lives. Big you know ta- the big takeaway is be less boring. You know what? Yeah, exactly. Be less boring. You know what? Let's, let's do one more like phone-related one, and then we'll, we'll you know, end with some, uh, some, some more practical ones. Uh, here, here's one. Should one ever respond to a text with a phone call? Oh, hmm. dear, dear goodness all things that are holy no unless the text says call me it's an emergency dude i yeah i would agree with that pipe except with the caveat if you're over the age of 55 you can you know what i mean like sometimes just because you're bad at texting right i text my folks they're not great at texting and and half the time when i text them i know they're gonna call me back you know what i mean because that's just how they roll they're not gonna have the long convo via text that that i you know, I'm used Which to is funny. I text with my parents way more than I talk to them. And they're probably you know, about the same age as your parents. Scale of one to ten, man. Ten being amazing, one being uh, unintelligible. How good is JP, our, 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 our guy John Piper, at texting? What kind of a texter is he? Uh, he's kind of an email texter. 
So he doesn't okay. do any of the text shorthand. There's no abbreviations, yeah. complete sentences, proper punctuation. They're not, you know, forever long, which is, yeah. which yeah. is, you know, that's a victory for him considering he can, he's pretty Pauline in his sentence structure. But, right. uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, he's Pauline in his texting style. But they're, know? but they're completely intelligible. They usually have a very, you know, he's not, he doesn't do a lot of like, uh, you know, like the, you know, you see those funny things online where like parents who just don't know how to text or they don't know what JK means or LOL yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And uh, no, he doesn't do any of that stuff anyway. So it's it's just kind of like getting an immediate email, except you know, one sentence long. So it's it's all I've pretty, got a, pretty quick and pretty I've easy. Two, I've got a two part follow up to that. One, uh, does John Piper ever use emojis? And if the answer <laughs> is no, what kind of emoji would he be most likely to use if he were to ever use one? Wow, that's that's Ooh. layered. That's a that's a big one, Big T. Uh, big the, R. This is hard hitting journalism right now. It really is. No, no emojis. He does he does text pictures. So like okay. if if uh, if they're traveling somewhere, he'll snap a picture. You know, like they're going to be in Europe for the next three weeks, speaking at different places in Italy and Switzerland and Scandinavia and stuff. Not so, on a cruise. Help. No, nah, I know no cruises, but I'm sure that they'll get some. Uh, I'm sure that they'll get some some cool sightseeing in. So he'll text pictures and things like that. But yeah, no emojis. If he was going to use an emoji, what would he use? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like uh, I feel like he probably he would probably stick to like thumbs up and thumbs down. Just okay. the thumbs up and thumbs down. You know, if I asked him a question like, "Hey, are you free?" <laughs> uh, you know. For, you That's know, funny, man. I never on this date, thumbs. he would just just thumbs up, and that would be that. <clears throat> I don't think uh, I don't think he would use all the you know none of the faces, none of the uh, none of the animals, none of the symbols. He'd certainly never guys, send a gif. It just wouldn't do happen. You guys ever use emojis? What, what's the etiquette on like dudes and emojis? Have we talked about this? Mm. I don't think I use them when I'm texting other dudes. Okay. I don't Big think off? I use them when I text anyone except my wife. Yeah. All right. That sounds about right. I do. Yeah, I just do a little. I just do a little thumbs up. It just, yeah. it's just a, you know, well, that, that's, even, that's probably that my, my level. That's just like typing K to me. Like if yeah. somebody says, "Hey, we're starting the meeting," and you send a thumbs up, that just means like got it. It, it doesn't. Is. Yeah. But but the emojis are very useful when te- so you text can regularly be misread. Like there's no emotion or or, uh, or tone of voice. So if you say okay. It can sound like you're being a complete jackass or it can sound like you're being very right. amenable. But if you do that with, you know, a thumbs up or with a uh, with a, anything else like that, it kind of gives it a it, it it makes it more. Positive. It softens it. A yes. Bit. You're yeah. no longer you're no longer a jerk. So, yeah, dude, and that's what it does. Thing. It's really a softening agent, man. And I do. And, I, and honestly, man, I do. I do emojis with my daughter because a I know she just thinks it's ridiculous. It's, and that sounds that, that sounds like a laxative. Oh, I'm sorry. A softening agent. Let me rephrase. <laughs> Big R, have you seen uh, like the the retro fax machine emoji? No, but I, I wish I, I wish I did. I, w- I mean, I hope I have that. Dude, somewhere. it's on Someone the iPhone. You have it. Like, I got a I got an emoji like seminar from my my niece, and uh, she was showing me like there's a there's a VHS tape emoji and a retro fax machine. There's I, I haven't thought of. Dude, a I'm gonna be using those like all the time right now. Dude, they're I mean, that's all I'm gonna use now. They're amazing. Yeah, look them up. Well, I'm, I'm on my phone now, guys. So uh, well, we need to speed this thing along. Need to be more interesting. Yeah, be, yeah. Boys, let's uh, let's talk practically about a parenting issue, and um, this is something that I'm sure we've uh, we've we've all faced in our uh, in our trials as parents. 
what is the appropriate dollar amount to spend on a gift for another kid's birthday, especially if you don't know them all that well? So, so maybe it's like a like a tangential like church relationship birthday party, or maybe a kid from school or whatever. Um, how do you, how do you deal with that, man? What's the appropriate dollar amount? I'm never. I'm never comfortable going below ten bucks personally. Yeah, okay. I I, I think I don't even think of it in terms of money as much as what will not embarrass my child to hand to that child. Because I always think of my own embarrassment in that too. Yes. Right, well, with right yeah. yes, because everybody knows the parent bought the gift, but it's on the kid at the party. Like nobody it wants is. to be the kid who brings the worst gift to a birthday party. So uh like the Star Wars trend has been fantastic because you can get all sorts of great gifts for little like my my yeah. kids get invited to little boy birthday parties and whatever. You can get like action figures or a lightsaber and it's like twelve bucks. So it's it's a cool gift for relatively cheap. But like I wouldn't go over twenty unless it was like a friend of my kid. So you're talking yeah, like ten yeah. to twenty bucks. The problem is if they get invited to like fifteen birthday parties a year because it's all their classmates, yeah. that's a freaking car payment. It's a lot. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy, and and yeah, I mean, you get invited to these things, and uh, you know, it's just raining toys on this kid, <laughs> and you know, he's getting, you know, he's getting stuff from his parents and his aunts and uncles too, and and I don't know, I feel like the etiquette anymore should be, um, you know, like we're in the in the card or whatever, you put no gifts, you know what I mean? Do people yeah. do that? Yeah, I, yeah, no, I go to parties that say no gifts, but then the problem is inevitably people don't. People take that as sort of a. Uh, you got some a, overachiever. You got some mom who wants to look like a big sweetie, and she brings a gift anyway, and then you look bad. Yeah, somebody brings a gift, and so what happens is you're afraid to not bring a gift because even though it says no gifts, you know there's going to be a stack two miles high of gifts in the corner when you get there. And you know, uh-huh. are you going to be the guy that <laughs> that took the no gifts thing seriously? Dude, you I, know what I, to I me is, just, is, is. Go ahead, Pipe. I. I why do people throw birthday parties for their kids for like families they don't know? I don't yeah. get it. Like my daughter, we we always do stuff with friends for our kids' birthdays, but it's like two or three friends who they actually like. Whereas right. when like, who, why invite the whole first grade class? Gifts. These kids will not remember gifts, each other. Gifts. Oh, well, you remember enough. each other. You're going to remember that gift. You you want presents? Well, you, well you're going to lose half of them. I mean, the first graders break and lose everything in 48 <laughs> hours. It's it is a racket, and it's just I'm pretty sure it's just a popularity contest amongst parents. Well, yeah. Okay. Presence and popularity. <laughs> it's literally what rules the world. I mean, if you want to break that down, you're literally talking about the problem with the world right now. And it's that's why, that's, that's it why starts with first graders and lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, and it and it just gets worse. Uh, wow, <laughs> I don't know that Boy. we solved anything there, boys. Other than yeah, that was a rough one. Ten, ten yeah. to no more than twenty bucks. Try not to go under ten unless you find an awesome 20. deal. That's the range, ten to twenty. Mainly find Dude, something I, that won't I, embarrass your own kid. That's it, man. I look for the cheapest, like uh, whatever whatever toy, whatever widget came from, like the movie that just came out. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the yeah, the cheapest one that you can get without without being an embarrassment. I think that's, that's how you handle it. And guys, obviously I haven't had to do that in a while. So I, I I'm with you. I, I have a lot of compassion with us. You guys have a, you have a long run ahead of you of those types of things. So enjoy. True. Well, I just, guys, I, let's, uh, at some point let's it gets to the point where the kid buys their own presents for their friends. Like you want to bring a present? That's fine. You've got a job. <laughs> you pay for yeah, it. Exactly. How much are they worth to you? 
<laughs> They're not doing anything for me. Boys, let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about one more before we wrap here. Uh, what about appropriate physical affection? So mm. we can talk about this, but like dude on dude, we can talk about like mixed gender uh, situations. But uh, are we talking a hug, handshake, high five, uh, fist bump? What uh, what are we looking at here, man? There's there's a, there's a whole land landmine filled, uh, you know, just. Uh, Dude, it's a crazy one. It's, it's a, a crazy, crazy one. It's a crazy, crazy one, and one that you have to face multiple times a day, man. Depending on like what your workplace is like. So, uh, wow. how 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 on earth do we navigate this these murky waters of uh, physical affection? Well, I go like this. So I go if it's a dude, if it's a dude I know pretty well, I do the half handshake, half hug, a bro hug. Yeah. 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 So I do that. That's pretty standard for a lot of dudes I know. If I don't yeah. know the guy very well, I just do a shake. Mm-hmm. When it comes to girls, I'm more talking about a church context right now, fellas. So yeah. Um, yeah. with women, I just sort of let them make the move, you know. Sure. Um, that's that's, so if, that's if they, not if very they, complimentarian of you. It's not. But if they – yeah, I know. And it's tricky, man. But if they, if they go in for the side hug, we'll side hug it. If they, you know, if they put the hand out, we'll shake the hand. If, no, if nothing, then nothing – you know, just try to keep, you know, just try to keep it natural. But that one's, I, I think, I think with dudes to dudes, it's not really a big deal. I think, especially as believers, it gets tricky when you're, when you're talking about, you know, the, the opposite sex. I, don't I, know. I have a little bit of a gripe with the way a lot of guys handle the situation. Can guys just <laughs> quit, can guys just quit fist bumping? Okay. Like yes. A fist bump is something you do when you come back to the dugout after you drive in a run or something, and you just like go down the line fist bumping. But like when you meet a guy, shake hands. Like stick your oh, hand yeah. out and shake it. No, don't stick your fist out, or I'm gonna shake your fist. Like this is now shake shake hands like a, a man. Be Piper. a grown be a man. That, yeah. I, I don't understand the fist bump. And if it's because you're a germaphobe, well, too bad you work at a German-fested desk anyway, so <laughs> not shaking my hand is not going to help you any. I just, Where did this fist bumping start, man? Where, how do we get on that? I don't a, know. People? Sports, man. Sports. It's what I blame everything for. Sports, sports. fellas. <laughs> it was Kent Tocovey started but, it. But it was Kent Tocovey. It yeah. was Ron <laughs> the Penguins say. But if sports, These guys had a cigarette in one hand and they were fist bumping with the other in the 70s. <laughs> if sports had that much of an influence, we'd all be walking around slapping butts, which we well, – I mean I don't know what you do at, at Substance Church, but uh, not, not in my world does that happen very often. Oh, I just I just assumed everybody but me does that because I'm not a sports guy. So, yeah. In the skinny jeans, man, the, the butt is really – you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't. You didn't finish your sentence. I don't know where. I don't know where you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so it's so sort of like lashed in there. Like there's nothing to even slap. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's sacred, Big T. It's That's sacred. what you're trying to say. Yeah, sacred. <laughs> oh, Judas. I don't know, man. I just yeah, the awkwardness of it. I yeah, I, a fist bump. I don't really do well with a fist bump. Uh, you know, it has to be a shake. Just just shake my hand. I don't mind doing a full hug. I'll do a full hug. I'm good with that. I like that. Yeah. You know. I just. But Piper, again, you a bro I, hugger? A bro hugger? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on who the other person is. I generally let the other person determine these things because I, I'm not really all in on physical contact. But I'm not like I'm not. I don't shy away from it. But if I have a friend 
who, you know, they come up and they do the, the handshake hug thing. I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, I'm not opposed to a real hug, but I will rarely be the one who, like, jumps in and, and goes for it. Yeah. What about so, with chicks, man? What's your what's your approach there? Uh, pretty much what Ronnie said. Just uh, let them let them be the driver on that and uh, because cause otherwise you're kind of weird and creepy. Like, a, a dude who's like, come here for a hug. Like, nobody likes that. <laughs> nobody likes that dude. And, uh, so, guys, it's the one area where we're all egalitarian, I think. I think that's what we're trying to say right I, I think now. There I, is an area where sure we are all feminists because we say they take the lead. Like, they make the decisions. They know what's best. Um, right. So, yes, we, we are all feminists when it comes to physical contact <laughs> with, with women we are not related to. We're just all terrified of being creepy. But <laughs> yeah, or that's, what it is. that's a good thing to be terrified about, yeah. by the way. That's a yeah, good, good – that's a real good thing. I mean, it's the same reason why when if I take my kids to the park and I'm sitting on the bench on the side, I make sure to talk to them like every three minutes so the other parents there don't think that I'm uh, I'm the <laughs> right, weird yeah. creepy guy at the park. <laughs> Just wear a shirt it. that says I'm their dad, Piper. I mean, come on. You know. I usually put on a fake mustache and uh, and aviator shades too, just to, <laughs> and, and, just, and, to just to. So you look like kids to Colby, <laughs> just, right. just to spice things. You drive up you drive up in your you drive up in your passenger van with yeah. no windows. Yeah, in your conversion van from the eighties <laughs> with the curtains pulled. The with floor, the curtains floor, floor, pulled, floral curtains exactly. And you're in your your pirates, uh, you know, horizontal striped hat in your in your aviator. I chair. hang a sign. Yeah, and in, in a in a in a brush painting from Lord of the Rings on the side. It looks awesome, man. Yes, I keep a that sign in there that says "Free Puppies" as well. <laughs> Dude, I know we're too old to dress up for Halloween, but but next year we're we're all going as Kent to Colby, man. I want. <laughs> oh. Guys, you know what? Um, our our live in Louisville thing is going to be. I think Dude, I just thought about before that. Halloween. I, I think Ooh. that's what we're going to do at the at the, the podcast. We need well, to no, do a Kent Colby app in which we all. Yeah, there's going to have to be there's going to have to be some some uh, some set and costume changes because Ted has already committed to go dressed as Al Mohler, bow tie and all. So uh, I'll do an Al Mohler show and I'll do a Kent Colby show. Yeah, Two wardrobe just, changes. You can. You well, guys, that's going to be difficult when I get Al to come and guest on the program. You know, so we're people aren't going to know Al. who's who. Yeah. I get, we're going to have right. to do name tags so they know that he's Al Mohler and I'm me. Right. That's how that's gonna, I'm going to look. That's a given. Yeah. That's a given. Ted, I mean, Ted, you'll look like Al Mohler. Barnabas, you'll look like Russell Moore. And, and obviously, I'm going to look like Ronnie Martin because that's just what we have going on here. On scale so, of 1 to 10, what are the odds we could get Kent to Colby to come? The real Kent? 10.2. Uh, I, I mean. I'm uh, looking him up higher, right now. Higher than getting Al Mohler to come? Dude, look how muddy he looks. <laughs> you know what? He's he's. I'm looking at his thing here. He's from Cincinnati, you guys. That's not that Kent? far. From no, that's like oh, two. Man. That's like what? Two two and a half hours. Yeah. Dude. Oh, we're. I mean, we're. That's not even. It's not even an. It's not even a. It's not even an issue. Then we're going to be able to get him for sure. And so. certainly, he already knows who we are. That's almost a given, too. So I bet he's a listener. I'm sure he's a listener. He's yeah. probably a little embarrassed about how much we've mentioned him, but he might feel like it's a little bit of overkill. So we'll just have, we'll have to do sort of a uh, a solicitous, respectful invitation off the air. We'll go and guys, the, besides Kent, I can't wait to see what kind of D plusers and C minuser listers we're going to be able to get for this thing, dude. Who do you think? All kidding aside, and, and we'll close with this. But who who do you think is the 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 biggest like B or C list reform celebrity we could pull for this thing? Oh, dude. Somebody's going to be there. Somebody who wants, you know, they're they're going to be too cool to say that they want to come on, like that they want the attention, but but you know they really want it. 
You know what I mean? Guys, I don't have time to read my list. I, I mean, it's almost endless right now. I mean, well, it's almost we're... endless. Yeah, I mean, I feel like nobody from Southern, nobody on the faculty at Southern will show up. They, uh, I feel like they would I wouldn't keep... go so far with that. Really? Piper at all. No. All right. I'm thinking of two guys right now. I don't want to say their name, but I'm thinking of two guys. <laughs> For risk of Big ruining R, it. I want you to say their them. name. I want you to say one of their names. No, I will not. Baby, I'm not going to say their names. I can't go there. Baby, I can't I go there. I know you're not. I was just kidding. That was <laughs> this, a rhetorical and, and this is And this is why we did not discuss the DC Talk thing with Ronnie, because the moment it comes to calling out names, Ronnie becomes um, – well, probably smarter than the other two of us. But uh, you guys gotta understand, I would have had no hesitation saying anything against DC Talk. I mean, I I was one of the you know I came up I came up in sort of the I came up as part of the scene that was just doing music because there was a band named DC Talk out there, and we decided we had to offer something good. So there it is, right there in the flesh. Flesh that out a little bit, or, su- or suss it out. So you you mean like. You needed to do music because because you needed like you needed a better alternative than what they offer. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, I mean, so we were yeah. So so you know, it's a, the the gospel Christian scene is just like the mainstream where you have like your your mainstream bands that are just really uncool and you know everybody likes them and they're popular. And then you have you know the alternative side, which is just you know that. That uh, you know that contingent of artists that are trying to make true art, and and that would have been like the side I was on. It was it was vehemently opposed to your DC talks and your audio adrenalines. And on a all scale, yeah, lots of yes. on a lots scale of, of one to ten, yeah, on a scale of one to ten, how pretentious is that side? Uh, <laughs> ten point nineteen. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say this goes to eleven. Well, I mean, and on on the scale of pretension from that side, I would have been the 10. So, you know, I'll just speak for myself. Well, that's, yeah, I I don't doubt it. That was a hot take from Ronnie. <laughs> you guys Martin. don't even know what to do with that. That Dude, was I know. so much honesty. You guys don't even know what stuff. to do with that level. Like, oh, of I can't make fun of somebody for being vulnerable and honest. <laughs> yeah, wow, man. If we were conversating, I'd be like fidgeting with my my coffee I right know. now. I'm, I'm yeah, you, would, you would not be looking at me in the eyes, Big T. <laughs> I would not. I would absolutely not. Just offer to pray for yes. you and then get up and leave. <laughs> this has been uh, this has been a great Mr. Manners app, and uh, and I'm I've, I for one am excited about. Uh, I'm even more. I'm reinvigorated about our uh, our live taping in Louisville. Live um, in Louisville. Given that we have some direction now, some wardrobe related direction, um, Al Muller Day, Kent to Colby Day. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, and guys, I hope I hope this uh, I hope this has been amazing for you. Just sussing out all these uh, all these etiquette related things uh, for our our fans. Um, we appreciate you, listeners. We appreciate you, Kent Tacolvi. And until next time, we appreciate you, Rachel the Held Evans. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain. But we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.